Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 559 of our three-year journey through the Word of God, and we are in Hebrews chapter 4, a wonderful book of Hebrews and a wonderful chapter uh, that we have before us this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, would you please write your word on our hearts? We need to hear from you. You are the one who has all truth. We are the ones who need it. You are the one who has all life and all salvation. We are the ones who need it. So feed us. Feed us with your word. Feed us with your son. Refresh our hearts by your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to them, to us, just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward, in the words already quoted today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account." Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's wonderful. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, those last few verses of Hebrews chapter 4. It's a beautiful chapter. Uh, sometimes when I read a chapter, I just feel like it speaks for itself. Just, just listen to it. Just listen to it. <laughs> but let's see if we can unpack uh, so you can understand what you're listening to. So, the promise of entering his rest still stands. On the seventh day, we're told in verse 4, God rested from all his works. He, he finished the work of creation and he rested. Now, that doesn't mean that God has not been working 
for the redemption of his people, for the upholding of his creation, for the bringing together of all things to their completion in Christ Jesus. So Jesus himself tells us the Father is still working and he's still working, but there is a rest that is the finished work rest of God. And that rest was promised in, in the typology, in the type of the promised land. There were wilderness wanderings through uh, desert lands, lack of water, lack of food, desert heat, nomadic existence, and there was a promise of rest. If you, if you enter into the promised land, you will, you'll not be in paradise. You'll still have work to do, but you'll finish from the work of wandering, of wilderness wandering, from being homeless, from being slaved, from being rejected, from being alone, from being uh, outcast. You'll finish that work and you'll enter into the rest of the promised land. That's the, um, that's the context, if you weren't with us for Hebrews chapter 3 a few days ago, uh, it's talking about the Exodus generation and they were given this promise of rest, but they didn't enter the rest, you see. Verse 19 of chapter 3 said, they were unable to enter because of unbelief. That Exodus generation, though they had seen God's works, they did not believe. And so God was angry with that generation and they fell in the wilderness. They never entered his rest. They were given a gospel promise. Good news came to us just as to them. They were given a gospel promise. Trust in the Lord and the Lord will lead you into the promised land and he will give you rest. They didn't believe it. They said there's giants in the land. They said the opposition is too strong. They said, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And they allowed their yeah, buts to be stronger and louder than the promise of God. They would not believe. They did not believe. And so they did not enter their rest. And so God says in Psalm 95, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. There's still a day of rest. There's still a rest for the people of God. And today, if you hear his voice, this is all coming from Psalm 95, which I just preached this past Sunday. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't disbelieve the good and precious promises of God. Believe and obey by faith and enter that rest. Now, the disobedience is unbelief. The obedience that's called for is faith. Jesus has done the work. Later in Hebrews, we're going to see very, very clearly that Jesus has finished the work for our salvation. We already saw that in the very opening of Hebrews in chapter 1, the first four verses. Having made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus has finished the atoning work for the redemption of God's people, and he has sat down. He has entered his rest. Now, he continues to work. He continues to pray for us, to plead the merits of his blood before the throne of grace, to intercede for us, to rule over the world, to send judgment on the world. Uh, Revelation would teach us, and, he, and Romans 1 would teach us. But Jesus, in terms of the work of redemption, the work of paying for our sins, has entered that rest. We are invited to enter the rest of Christ. We are invited to enter into a relationship with God 
where all of our sins have been forgiven. They've all been atoned for. The work of trying to earn redemption or salvation or trying to earn peace with God is finished. It's finished. The good news is enter that rest. And all that's needed to enter that rest is faith. We need to believe the word of God. And the word of God is powerful. So verse 11 says, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. There remains, verse 9, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Whoever has entered God's rest has rested from his works as God did from his. And you might say, well, does that mean that there's no good works for the Christian to do? Absolutely, there are good works for the Christian to do. We continue to work just as God, when he finished the work of creation and rested on the seventh day, he continued to work. But he was no longer doing creation work. The creation work was finished and very good. Jesus, when he died and rose again and ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God the Father, having made purification for sins, he continues to work, doing the high priestly work of intercession. But he's no longer doing the work of atonement. He's no longer doing the work of redemption because he's, he's done the work of redemption. He's done the work of atonement. So for us to be entered into God's rest is to rest from our works as works of salvation, as works of redemption, as works of atonement. We are not to come to God and say, Oh Lord God, if I give 10% of my income to the church, if I never miss a Sunday, if I read through the whole Bible in a year, if I pray five times a day, will you redeem me of my sins? Will you save me and forgive me? That is inappropriate because that is undoing the work of Christ in our hearts and in our minds and thinking that there's still work of redemption that needs to be done and we do not have any work of redemption left to be done. We do have good works, but those good works are the good fruit of our redemption that are prepared by God and given to us as grace so that we can walk in them and bear fruit in keeping with the redemption that we have in Christ Jesus. The rest is the rest of the finished work of God. And it really does come down to whether or not we will accept or reject the word of God. Will we believe what God has said? Or will we disbelieve what God has said and instead keep striving to earn, keep striving to be, keep striving to do in order to try to get something that's already been bought and paid for and given to us? The word of God is living and active. It cuts, it pierces us. It shows us how sinful we are. It shows us how much we need a redeemer. It shows us how fruitless our own efforts at self-redemption are. It lays us open before the judge of the universe so that we will see our need for Jesus and we will believe and we will enter into that rest. That's the context for Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. Again, it's not, it's not that the word of God shows us our sins so that we can do better and earn salvation, so that we can quit sinning and become righteous on our own. No, the word of God shows us so deeply that we are broken and dead and helpless and shot through with sin, and we need a redeemer. And the redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, and there is no other. So that's what the word of God shows us. And so then, since then, in verse 14, since then, we have a great high priest 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. That's another way of saying, let's keep on believing. Let's keep on trusting. Let's keep on holding on to Jesus, for he's holding on to us. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He understands we're weak. He's been, he's been tempted just as we are, and even more than we are. He understands what it is to be tempted. He understands what it is to be weak. And he's ready to help. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy to find grace and help of need. The sin that he paid for on the cross to forgive us of, he extends grace to us to help us overcome those patterns of sin in our lives by the work of his Holy Spirit, by the intercession that he makes before the throne of grace. We have a great high priest, a great high priest who has finished the work of atonement, who continues the work of intercession, who sympathizes with our weaknesses, and who invites us to come to him. So let us draw near. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us believe in Jesus and go to Jesus. That's in so many ways, like the big message of Hebrews is Jesus is great. He's all sufficient. He's finished the work of redemption. He's the great high priest. So therefore, let us believe in Jesus and let us go to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one we need. The gospel is good news. But it's only good news for those who believe it. It's only good news for those who receive it. It's only good news for those whose hearts are penetrated by the word of God and we see our need and we cry out to God for the Redeemer. And then we enter his rest. A rest from striving for salvation because we have received salvation in the one who is salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful chapter. Thank you for the gospel truth of Jesus, our Savior. May we believe in Jesus and go to Jesus every day for the grace that we need to keep on believing and to keep on resting in Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Hebrews chapter 4. Tomorrow we are going to be back in First Chronicles. Hope you can join me for that. And as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.